So Christmas is a big deal. Um, everybody gets really, really excited about it. And I remember one of the first moments that Christmas became really meaningful to me. I was in fourth grade, and our family set up the tree in the living room, and um, then there was a debate. There was kind of like my mom's side against my dad's side on how we were going to decorate the tree. My mom thought we should put up all the stuff us kids have made over the years, which was sketchy, not going to lie. Weird handmade ornaments and all that kind of stuff and a bunch of colored lights, just kind of random. Just imagine kids stuff threw up on the tree. That was her decorating strategy, had been my whole life. And my dad said, let's do something classy. And he wanted to buy all brand new white lights and hang only glass bulbs that were silver and red on the tree. And they went back and forth and came to a stalemate and decided, we'll decorate the tree tomorrow, we'll decide later. And so that was kind of the end of it. We went to bed, I'm sleeping in my bed, fourth grade JL, and I'm out cold, and I have my only, I'm the only girl in the family, so I have my own room, and my three brothers had to share. Sucks to be them. Um, so I'm sleeping, and my dad comes in, and he wakes me up, and it's probably 10, 10.30 on a school night, and he's like, JL, get your coat and meet me in the garage. And I was like, what? It's the middle of the night on a school night. He's like, get your coat, get some shoes or boots and meet me in the garage. I was like, in my jammies? He's like, yeah. So I like go kind of spy and I sneak out to the garage and there's my dad, he scared the crap out of me. We get in the car and he's like, that's it? I'm tired of kid stuff on the tree. We're going classy, let's go to Walmart. And I was like, what? So we go to Walmart in the middle of the night in my pajamas, and we get all my dad's theory, like the white Christmas lights and the really pretty bulbs, and we come home. It's like 11.30 now, and my dad makes me hot chocolate, puts on some Christmas music, closes everyone's bedroom door, and just me and him, we decorate the tree exactly how he wants. I don't know how my mom slept through this whole thing, but she did. And so my dad and I made the tree look like, in the morning, my mom wakes up, and I'm like, ooh, this is going to be good. You know, World War III, probably. And she wakes up, and she comes out in the living room, and she's like, huh, all right. And that was it. And I was like, yeah. So Christmas is kind of a big deal. Like, people decorate. There's songs. There's candies that you only have at Christmas. There is so much going on that makes Christmas special. But when push comes to the shove, we really have to think about what's the point. Like, why all this celebration? Like, what's really going on that actually makes this a big deal? And here's what it is. Christmas solves the biggest problem in the entire universe. The biggest problem in the entire universe is sin. Sin, mistakes we make, is what causes all the hurt, all the pain, all the loss, all the heartbreak, all the evil in this world, is that we all have sin, and sin eventually hurts us and hurts people around us. And before Christmas, before the first Christmas, there was no solution for sin. People would just sin, people would get hurt. There was no way to get your heart made whole or healed. There was no way to like reconcile or fix things between a person and God. And so everything was just in a funk. And people tried to figure out how to fix it. They'd do like real religious things or good deeds, stuff like that to try to make it get fixed. But all that stuff only provided temporary relief. And here's the biggest problem about sin. Sin separated people from God. And so before there was sin, there was like unity and paradise and perfection. 
And after there was sin, there was this huge gap and separation with all this pain and heartbreak. Now God was in heaven and he looked down on the earth now that sin was there and was like, that place kind of a little bit sucks. That place is pretty broken. The people on that planet are broken and hurting and lost and they have heartbreak and I need to fix that. And so God was highly motivated to come after us to address this problem of sin. You know, he could have just wiped us all out. Just like, those people are a hot mess. And just pushed earth to the side and been like, you guys are dead. I'm making a new, much less jacked up earth now with much better people on it. But he didn't. Instead, he said, I'm going to go after those people and, and I, I'm going to try to find them emotionally and bring them back to me. And that's what the first Christmas is about. The word Christmas is made up of two small words, Christ, another nickname for Jesus, right? Christ, mass, which means the, the beginning, the coming of the Christ. It's all about Jesus coming. That's what Christmas is. And why Jesus came was to deal with sin. And that was the actual plan from the beginning of time. The Bible says in 1 Peter, it said, God paid a ransom to save you from the impossible road to heaven, which your fathers tried to take. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver, as you very well know, but he paid for you with the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose him, meaning Jesus, for this purpose before the world began. Before sin even messed everything up, this was God's plan. But only recently he brought it into public view. So from the beginning of time, God knew that Jesus would come, that Christ's mass would happen, that Christmas would occur to fix the biggest problem in all of the universe, to figure out a way to deal with and heal from sin. And so before that first Christmas, Jesus was in heaven and he knew he was going to come down to earth. And I wonder what that looked like on heaven's side. Let's find out. Yo, Jesus, are you like super stoked about what's going about to go down? Because I am. Are you excited? Because I'm super excited. Are you? Are you? Are you? Peace. <laughs> Peace. Be still. Be still. Of course I'm ready. This is the moment I was created for. That's so crazy. What? Are you sure you want to go down there? It's, it's a mess down there, Jesus. That's kind of the point, Gabriel. Uh, I'm, I'm like their savior, so I'm going to go down there and I'm going to save, save them. Oof. Good luck. <laughs> hey, uh, before you get out of here, uh, yeah. you should really let me know how that conversation with Mary goes. Uh, what conversation with Mary? You know the conversation you're going to have with her because she's going to give birth, she's going to be the mother of the Son of God. When you say mother of the Son of God, you're talking like, like when you got a friend who's got a, like a, a friend whose mom's super cool and, and you just like call her mom. You're going down, down there, right? And like you're going to have a buddy who's got a mom and that's Mary, right? So it's more like your buddy's mom's mom kind of deal, right? Like a buddy's mom, not like your, your mom because that, no, no, how you, that you, works, you, you know. It's, so you got it a little bit wrong. So she's going to be my mother because uh -huh. she's going to like give birth to me. Ouch. No, 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 Gabriel. I'm, I'm going to be a baby. I'm going to do the whole, like, in the womb for a oh, little right, bit right, thing. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, what? 
Yeah, you see, I'm giving up all that I have up here in heaven, and I'm going to go down on earth, grow up, and teach people how to live their lives. I'm going to be their savior, teach them the way. But, and you want me to tell Mary? Uh, yeah, let me know how that conversation no, goes. No, no, Jesus, wait, I don't know what it, how am I supposed to, what am I, Fine. So Gabriel gets tasked with the responsibility to go tell Mary that she's going to be pregnant. Now, here's what you need to know about Mary because she was 15 years old. She was unmarried and she was poor. She was uneducated, uninfluential, and unrelated to anyone else and was a virgin. But an angel is supposed to show up on the scene and let her know that she's also knocked up in some kind of super spiritual, heavenly sort of way. Because Jesus had decided that he was going to come to earth on this ultimate rescue mission to rescue us from sin, to rescue us from the greatest problem. And he chose this young woman to be a part of that plan. And I wonder why, why did he choose Mary? There was like girls way richer, Girls with way more influence, girls that had the ability, they were educated to do different things. But God said, no, I'm not picking them. I'm picking this, this girl that's poor and broke and virginity. And um, there's no way that she'll be able to actually do this without me. And it kind of made me wonder, like, why does God choose any of us for the plans that he has for us? Like, what was it about Mary that, that made God go of all the people on the planet through all of history, I'm picking this chick. What was so special about Mary? It's crazy. Obviously, a 30-year-old would be way more prepared to have a baby than a 15-year-old. But Mary had faith, incredible faith. And Mary was pure. She wasn't out dating all the dudes in Nazareth, I guess. And she was willing to obey even when it was a little bit crazy. So God decided to choose Mary. And as a result, Gabe, the angel, gets the nod to go break the crazy news to her. Let's see how he does. Ooh, what a long day. I am exhausted. I'm just gonna lay right here and go to sleep and hopefully Dream about my hunky fiance, Joseph. Oh, there we go. Oh, that's nice. Shh, you're the boss, 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 come on. You can do this, you can do this. It's literally your job, Gabe. You can do this, get it together, get it together. I can't do this, what am I supposed to tell her? Get it, tell her. Okay. started with fear not. You always start with fear not. One on one. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm new to this. Okay. Uh, fear not uh, for I have brought you a message. I am Gabriel, the angel. Um, hi, I'm Mary. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Hi. Really, really um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, get out, please. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably good. That's yeah. probably a good idea. Yeah, I'll, please, I'll leave. Thank you. Um, no, I'm sorry. I can't, I came to bring you a message. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, you're going to have a baby. 
Uh, um, no. Yeah, no, because you see, there's a problem with that because um, I've, I've never had the sex. Um, so that's not really possible. No, 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 let me, fin let me finish. Uh, I'm sorry, I should have kept going, I should have kept going. Okay. okay, you're gonna have a baby. Okay. But you're not gonna do that yet because it's gonna be God and it's gonna be the savior of the world. Wh what? Yeah. No. Congratulations. No, no, yeah. no. No, it's true. He How? literally just told me. That can't be true. Kind of weird, but who, he's, he who told, told you. Th him? Him. He told me. He told He's me? coming. Me? Yeah. Uh, I mean, okay, I guess if, if this is all true, let it, let it be so. I am, I'm God's servant. I can do this. I accept. You took this a lot better than I would have, for sure. Somebody would have came down and came in my room and scared me like this and they said I was going to have a baby and I was, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. I don't think I would have handled it really well. Well, th thank you. You're welcome. Okay, hey, yeah. you go ahead and you go ahead and tell Joseph that hunky fiance you were talking about earlier because uh, I'm not telling him. No way. Oh, nope. no. I have to tell Joseph. Oh, my goodness. This so Mary decides on. she's going to tell Joseph because it's going to be pretty obvious in a couple of months. And Joseph thinks she's crazy. He doesn't believe her at all. In fact, he decides he's going to break off the engagement real quiet-like. At least he's being cool and being upstanding. But Mary herself decides to take on this role. She decides that even though she's going to be the virgin unwed mother to the Son of God, she's going to do what it is that God's put before her. Talk about feeling kind of inadequate. You know, like, not worthy for the job. And I know when I became a mom, I was 30 and married and owned, we owned our own house and we had jobs and cars and insurance and stuff, and I still didn't feel ready to give birth to a human being. So I have no idea how this peasant girl from Nazareth without a husband or a job or anything could do it. In our culture, we like to be tough. We like to have it all together. We like to present ourselves as strong. And when we're strong, we feel capable. But when, when we're a little bit of a mess, we feel like we can't be capable. But the Bible flips that on, their, on its ear. The Bible doesn't want us to necessarily be strong, but to be weak. And the Bible says something crazy. It says, when you are weakest, that's when God can be strongest. When you're weak, when you're broken, when you're a hot mess, when you don't have it together, when you're actually inadequate or struggling, that's the moments that God can best and most easily shine his grace and shine his goodness and his love through you to the world. Check it out. Jesus is speaking to the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians and he says, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. I would have thought that verse would have said, my power works best in strength, but it's not. It's in, in weakness. And so because of that quote from Jesus, the apostle Paul goes on to say, and he says, so now I am glad to boast in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in weakness and insults and hardships and persecutions and troubles. For when I suffer for Christ, for when I am weak, then I am strong. When we're broken and hurting, when we feel inadequate, when we embrace the fact that we are a little bit of a mess, when we admit that we don't have all our junk together, and when we acknowledge that we need help, that's when God can actually show up the most on the scene. And that's, I think, part of why he picked Mary, because she didn't have it all together, because she would need 
to trust him. She would need to depend on him. She would need to lean on him to get through any of what she was about to face. And I think that's part of what God looks for. He looks for those characteristics. And when it's beautiful to him, it's glorious to him when we're weak and we allow his strength to kind of like sweep into our lives and show through it. So speaking of people that do not have all their crap together, let's check in on Mary's fiance, Joe. Uh, Man, it's been a long day of making good decisions, handling my business, being a man, doing what I have to do. So I'm going to go ahead and call today to good old rest. <sighs> Separate quietly, leave Mary Muse. Joseph, get up! Ah! 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 Get up! Ah! Who are you? Get out of my house! Fear not, or fear, I don't really care. Don't let these wings fool you. I will mess you up. You see this thing? I stole this from my buddy Michael, okay? Okay. okay. It's oh, a sword! Okay, I know what a sword is. Why are you here? You're so mean to little Mary and her little lamb. What's going on in her belly? How could you do that to her? You left her all alone. What are you trying to, you're such a mean person. And then you say like, I'm just gonna separate quietly and walk away from her. No, no, no. I, she, what she told me was in, ridiculous, insane. Are you serious? Oh, it was ridiculous for an angel to show up randomly in the middle of the night and tell her she was gonna have a baby and that baby was gonna be the son of God and she was gonna be a virgin. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously it's, it's a little more believable now, but it was definitely crazy in the moment. Listen, Joe, you better get your stuff together. There's no separating quietly. You're not leaving her. No, no. She was chosen to be the mother of the Son of God. Okay. Get it together. Okay, 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 okay. Wait, hold on. The, J- Gabriel, was it? Gabriel? Um, just between us, between us guys. Is this real? This is for real? This is real? This is, like, this is for real, real. Like, real? Ah. Did you feel that? Yeah. That feel real? <laughs> yeah, it felt real. Yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Joe, let me talk to you for a second. Okay. You know, Mary might have been chosen. This is nice. But guess what? What? You were chosen too. I I didn't think of it like that. I'm going to be a dad. I'm going to be a dad. I'm going to be I'm going to be a dad. Well, a stepdad. That's a stepdad cuz God the Father, you know. So, but right. hey, good for you. You're really I'm, not- really, I'm really excited. I'm yeah. going to be a dad. Yeah. I can get those white New Balance uh, sandals. Yeah. I can get a lawnmower. What kind of lawnmower do you have? Yeah. You're not going to want to mess this one up, okay? Okay. Also, good luck telling your parents. Wait, what? Gabriel? Gabriel, wait. You're walking away. I need your help. Gabriel! Gabriel! And so Joseph decides after a little visit from Gabe that he's actually not going to break up with Mary after all. In spite of the fact that she's pregnant and it's not his little swimmers doing the deed. And so things get pretty complicated from there. Because at this point in history, Caesar Augustus is the emperor. And he makes a decree, an announcement, and he says, everybody has to travel from wherever they're living to the town of their ancestors. 
Turns out that Joseph's ancestors lived 67 miles away, and Mary at this point is nine months pregnant. Now, 67 miles, that's like here to Montrose, okay? And they're going to travel that on foot and on a donkey with a pregnant lady. 67 miles by donkey. That's going to definitely really be awful. Like, I don't know if you've ever ridden a horse. I rode a horse for like an hour, and my butt hurt like no other. It's very uncomfortable if you're not used to it. And so now Mary is going to ride, I don't know, an average horse. That's going to take like three to five days, plus potty stops along the way because baby tap dancing on the uterus, on the bladder. Things are rough. You're going to have to pee. It's going to be hard. So they're traveling the 67 miles. And they're kind of in a little bit of a hurry because everybody has to travel and there's no like booking.com. So when they arrive, everybody else kind of beat them to the hometown and there's no decent place to stay. They try to find a place, they strike out. In the end, they end up in some type of barn slash stable slash cave with animals. It's a little unclear. And that's about when Mary starts going into the labor. Yes, like the... Whole thing, baby's coming, no doctor, not even another woman to assist with the situation. So here's this guy that's married but knows nothing about what's about to go down. My husband had no clue what to do to assist me at the hospital, and I had doctors and nurses. I would not have wanted to be in a cave by myself trying to, mm -hmm, I'll skip ahead in the story. So now the baby's born, right? And they have no real place to put the baby. That's how it ended up, wrapped up in the swaddling clothes, which means strips of rags, actually. We make it sound nice, swaddling clothes. It's rags that they probably found in the barn to put on Jesus. And, um, you know, have you ever looked at your situation and gone, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this next part. I don't know how I'm gonna survive this part. Do you think at any point in that 67 mile journey that Mary thought that, I have no idea how I'm gonna make it through this? Or any time during the part, she ever thought to herself, I have no idea how I'm going to make it through this season or the next 20 minutes. It's like any point, and I think when we look at our lives, there's all kinds of times in our life where we look at the situation and we say, I have no idea how I'm going to make it through eighth grade. I have no clue how I'm going to make it through this Christmas vacation when I have to go to the other parents where I don't even have my own room and everything's, everybody's yelling. I have no idea how I'm going to make it if we have to go remote again. I have no idea how I'm going to make it through this next part in life. And I know that Mary and Joseph felt that a ton along the way for their Christmas story as the first Christmas was happening the coolest moment in history of mankind of like the sin problem being taken care of once and for all. And I bet they thought, I have no clue. And so the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords gets born in the dirt. And once again, some angels make an appearance on the scene. Okay, guys, get ready, okay? This is what we've been waiting for. Our, like we've been practicing this whole time. Me, 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 me. <laughs> My, my, my. Yes, we are finally going to get to sing for an audience, okay? Okay. Like it, a king? Yeah. Well, you mean like a czar or like a queen of an exotic country like Canada? Is that who we're singing for? Kind of. Uh, 
It's, it's them. It's them over there. The, wait, the those those sheep. The that weird that sheep? the weird guy picking his nose, carrying that stick thing. Yep, he just it's ate them. it. Um, but hey, you know it doesn't matter the audience because we are getting that we're gonna herald the news about. No, 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 dude. Harold's gone. You kicked him out in the semifinals of Heaven's Got Talent. You told Remember? us. That's what happens when you sing when the saints go marching in for 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Not talking about Harold, okay? Mm. He was pitchy. We all know it, so he's gone, okay? I'm talking about heralding as in to announce the news about Jesus is coming. He's here now on earth, all right? Well, we're going to sing about it, okay? Oh. All right, are you ready? Let's go. Uh, And you said Harold's pitchy? Well, that was a version of singing. Come hey, on, this is hey. gonna go. Is go. Do, you, do you hear what I hear? Man, the only thing that I can hear is these sheep and their heavy breathing. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Those are the sheep, they're breathing. What did he say about eggshells and cheese? I don't know. I don't know. Do not be afraid. We are not afraid. Oh, good. Weird yeah. it out. Weird it out. That's yeah, for sure. Good. I'm glad they're not afraid. Uh, yeah. uh, there is some news <laughs> that everyone needs to know about, and I'm here to tell everyone everywhere. But there's just two of us. Why are you only telling us? Yeah. Let me finish, please. Anyway, okay, you will know that the Savior of the world has come <laughs> by this miraculous sign. <laughs> he thinks he's miraculous. <laughs> oh, that's good. Listen, listen here, you little sheep herder, okay? I'm not talking about me, all right? I'm talking about a baby, and he's going to be in swaddling cloth. And there's a baby, and that baby is the savior of the world. That's the miraculous sign, okay? So sorry, so sorry. One follow-up question. Um, Did you want us to go find him? Yes, go now to find him. Um, Hey, okay, wait, before you leave, if we're going to go there, can you um, watch our sheep? This one oozes, so be careful. Yeah, he's got problems. No, thank you. We've got to go. No, no, it's cool. We'll, uh, we'll just find sheep parking in downtown Bethlehem. Yeah, it's really easy. Man, poor Gabriel. He's got a lot of stress this time of year. But why? Why did all this happen? Why this journey? Why did Jesus get born? Why pick a teenager? Why someone that was completely inadequate for the task without God? Like, why all of this? Because God so loved the world that he gave his only son to fix the biggest problem the universe ever had, which was sin. And sin was causing hurt, and sin was causing heartache, and sin was causing brokenness, and sin was causing all this pain. And Jesus said, even if I'm in heaven and I have perfection in heaven, it's not enough. I want to go down to where the hurt is, to where the brokenness is, and I want to fix it. And Jesus decided to come for us. He laid down his royal robes. He laid down all his power and authority. He laid it all down for the purpose of coming after us. And the Bible says that his very plan was to seek and to save that which was lost. And there's so many in this room in this moment that were lost. 
We're lost in the crazy of life. We're lost in the hustle of life. We're lost in hurt or pain or heartache or questions or emptiness or busyness. We're lost and we need Christmas this year. We need Jesus, the Christ, to come and be born in the midst of everything and heal some stuff. Because before he came for that very first time, there was no way to get healing and wholeness. But once he came, it changed everything, guys. It literally changed everything. So if you would, just close your eyes for just a minute. I want to create just some private space for everyone to think about the condition of their own life and the spiritual stuff they've got going on. But if you're here today and you realize you need Jesus, you need him to be born into the situation that you're facing, that if, that if you don't make room for Jesus to be born in your life this Christmas, then there's gonna to be too much hurt and too much broken and too much lost. And if that's how you're feeling tonight with everyone's eyes closed, just giving their friends privacy to think about God on their own. If you realize you need God, I just want you to lift up your hands. I need Jesus to be born into this situation, to bring wholeness to the broken places in my life. So many of us guys. And that's what he wants to do. That's what it's all about and don't miss that this Christmas season. It's not just about getting the newest and best toy or coolest thing that you've been asking for. It's about the savior of the world coming after you to seek you, to find you, to love you and to show you and to heal you and to meet you right where you're at. So God, you saw, you saw these hands, Jesus, students that need you to be born into these broken places in their life that need wholeness and need healing, and we just ask that you would do it. That you would heal them, that you would heal these broken places, that you would show yourself to them this Christmas. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, students, we love you very much, and we will see you January 6th. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening at 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.